Well, turning your Bibles to Daniel chapter 7, Daniel 7, uh, we're continuing our study of the, the book of Daniel. I think it's, it's, you know, the first six chapters are so fun, but then when you start getting 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and it starts getting into all the prophecies and things, it's a, it's a little bit harder to teach, but there's so much there. Daniel, of course, was a Jewish man. He was taken, a young boy, taken into captivity into the Babylonian Empire. He lived 70 or 80 years uh, uh, there, uh, not only through the Babylonian Empire, but the Medio Persian Empire. He was a faithful man all of his life. When we look at the book of Daniel, we see several things. We see the character of this man, Daniel. That's the first six chapters, and we see what kind of man he was like and how he stood for God and all those kind of things. But we also see the end time events. We saw it back in chapter 2 when Nebuchadnezzar had this dream of this statue, and it showed the kingdoms to come that Daniel was able to tell him what it was all about. But as we go into chapter 7 and chapter 8 and chapter 9, we begin to see the end time events, but it's from Daniel's view. Daniel has the dreams and angels interpret it to him. So there's so much there. This chapter begins at the time of Daniel, basically, and goes all the way through the time of the Antichrist, the tribulation, and the ultimate, the kingdom, when Jesus Christ rules. So we see it. Chapter 7 is the probably most detailed and comprehensive prophecy of future events in this chapter. And we see the Babylonian Empire, the Medio persian Empire, the Greco-Macedonian Empire, the Roman Empire, and then a ten-king federation even in the future with the Antichrist and Jesus as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We see the entire scope of biblical prophecy all basically in chapter 7. It goes back and ties in with chapter 2, and also we're going to see chapter 8 ties back in with chapter 7. So as we look at the book of Daniel, we're going to see over these weeks some incredible truths concerning end-time events. Uh, we talked about this uh, last week. We said, you know, sometimes people say when you start talking end times, some people say, oh, you, you really can't know it, and it's too hard to put together, and the only thing that matters is one day Jesus is coming back, and we don't know when or how or what. But we also realize that if you look at it, and we talked about this, if you look at Daniel and Revelation and Ezekiel, and Isaiah and Zechariah and First and Second Thessalonians and Matthew 24 and 25 and the book of Jude and all these other places, you can put together the end time events. And we're, we're going to do that as we look through Daniel and we see how it fits together. My prayer is that we'd be excited about it. We'd, we would uh, understand it and make application. But ultimately this, that one day, Jesus Christ is coming as the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he will rule in righteousness and justice for all eternity. You want to be in that kingdom. The way to be in that kingdom comes by faith alone in Christ. It is not works or goodness. Jesus Christ is the Savior. He has provided a way that you can be with him forever as the King, and it's simply faith alone in Christ alone. We'll see it as we go through him. If you remember <clears throat> a number of years ago, there was a series came out called the Left Behind series. It was by Jerry Jenkins and Tim LaHaye. And there were a number of books about what happened. It was about this man that his family were believers. And all of a sudden the rapture happened. And all over the world, all the believers were taken off the face of the world. And he was left behind. And he lived through the tribulation and the man of sin coming to power, which we call the Antichrist. And, and the books are really exciting when you read all that. Uh, there, there's a lot in there. And then some people actually got scared. They started reading this and saying, wow, well, I don't want to be left behind. I want to I go up in the rapture with Jesus Christ, that kind of thing. You know, it's, it's so exciting when you see future events. And not only when you read like the Left Behind series, but when you see it in the Bible, which is really where the key is, we see that God's in control and he's working his plan. As we study the Bible, we, we see, we're going to see about this time called the tribulation 
and the battles and Satan and the Antichrist and the beast and the dragon and all of these things. And we're going to see one of the key people, and that is the beast, which is often called the Antichrist. And we all heard about it. We said there's this Antichrist and he's going to be this world ruler. And it's true. In the book of Revelation, he's called the beast. Sometimes he's called something else. Last week, if you remember, I gave you a list. There are about nine or ten different names that he's called in the Bible. He's called the man of sin. He's called uh, different kind of things all the way through the Scripture. He's the one who comes to power in the time period we call the tribulation. Now, let me just say something to you just for you to feel better about this. If you know Jesus Christ as Savior, one of these days he will come in the clouds and the dead in Christ will rise first and we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him and we'll be taken off the face of the earth. That's the church, the body of Christ. We are not going through this time period called the tribulation when there's the ten king federation and the little horn or the antichrist. We're not going to be there. But it is important for us to know it and understand it. And so we see in Daniel, Daniel it's revealed to him what's going to happen. We see the details of this final Gentile world empire and the beast and the Antichrist. So this morning, as we study Daniel chapter 7, we're going to see the man of sin. And we won't get all the details this morning. I'm going to give you some of it. And then next week, when we get verses 23 through the end of the chapter, we're going to go into much more details on the time period which we call the tribulation. And we'll see how that fits together. If you remember, the book of Daniel is divided into two big sections. One through six is the chronological order, basically from Daniel's time. He's 14 till probably he's in his 90s. And then 7 through 12 is actually non-chronological. It's just these dreams that Daniel has and uh, angels help interpret him, which is the end-time events. Let me remind you of something because when you start studying the Bible and you talk about end-time events, there, there's a lot of things to think about. But I want to show you, this is the basic view of end-time events. This, of course, is the Old Testament. Everything looking forward to the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. This is when Jesus came to the earth, died on the cross, paid for sin, and rose again. That's when we put it that way, the death and resurrection of Christ. In the Old Testament, there was the Assyrian Empire, there was the Egyptian Empire, the Assyrian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, Medo-Persians, Greco-Macedonians, Romans, and the time of Jesus was the Roman Empire. After Jesus died and rose again and sinned back in heaven, we started on Acts chapter 2, what we call the church, the body of Christ. We are in existence right now. We're the church, the body of Christ. The next event is Jesus is going to come in the clouds and take us out. The Roman Empire ruled during the beginning part of when Jesus was on, of course, when Jesus was on the earth and then after he's gone, the Roman Empire has faded away. There's going to be another empire coming with a ten-king federation. It's that fourth beast, but then there's the ten-king federation. We're going to talk about it. That's going to be this time period. So the very next event, Jesus will come. It could happen any second. I want you to understand this. There's no signs for the rapture. There's nothing that, that has to happen. Jesus Christ can come in the clouds, dead in Christ, rise first. We are alive and remain to be taken off the face of the earth. First Thessalonians chapter 15 says, In the moment, and a twinkle of an eye will be gone. That's called the rapture. Following that is going to be a ten-king federation and this antichrist and this time period, which is called the tribulation. When we get to Daniel chapter 9, we will find out why the tribulation is seven years long. It's seven years long, but we'll find out why. And then after that, after the seven-year tribulation, Jesus Christ comes back as the king of kings, lord of lords. We come back with him. This is where you saw ancient of days sitting on his throne and giving the kingdom over to the Son of Man. That's the kingdom. It's the thousand-year reign of Christ. After that, there's a thing called Great White Jones Judgment. We won't talk about that today. But after that, they go off into the eternal state, which is Revelation chapters 21 and 22. So that's the flow of end-time events. I just want you to see how that works. Now, last time, we saw that Daniel had this dream. And he saw these animals coming up out of the sea. And what we found out is each one of those animals represents a kingdom. Now that takes us back to Daniel chapter 2. In Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar 
Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and it was a big statue, and each of those parts of that statue represented different kingdoms. If you remember, that Nebuchadnezzar saw this statue, and the head of gold was the Babylonian Empire, and the silver was the Medio Persian Empire, and the bronze was the Greco Macedonian Empire, and the iron was the Roman Empire, and then those ten toes, Daniel didn't know it, nobody knew it in the Old Testament, but after this Roman Empire falls, there's going to be another empire coming, which has ten toes, ten kings, ten horns, and that's the Antichrist, that's the tribulation time period. Hidden from all time was the whole idea of the church. The church was not mentioned in the Old Testament. So when Daniel sees four animals, there are actually five kingdoms. He only saw four because he did not know about the church. And so this is what we saw. And we saw that Daniel lived during the Babylonian Empire. He lived a little bit of time during the Medo-Persian Empire. He was gone after the Greco-Macedonians and then the Romans. John lived during the time of Romans. Jesus lived during the time of the Romans. We're in the church age now. One day in the future, there'll be a ten-king federation. That's what the ten toes represented. We're also going to see that, or we have seen that, in Daniel chapter 7. If you remember, now without going, we're going to show you the, the animals in a minute. But if you remember in Daniel chapter 7, he saw a lion, and that represented the Babylonian Empire. He saw a bear, which was medio Persian. He saw a leopard, which Greco-Macedonians. He saw this monster. He didn't say what kind of animal it was. It looked like a monster, and that was the Roman Empire. And then he saw a ten horns, which is the same as the ten toes, which is often called the revised Roman Empire because it comes back to take the same place that Rome took, and that's where the Antichrist comes. So I just want you to understand that. So let me show you a contrast between Daniel chapter 2 and 7. The gold, head of gold, is the same as the lion. The silver is the bear. The brass is the leopard. The iron is the dragon or the, the beast of the Roman part, you know, that big beast. And then the ten toes is the same as the ten horns. This is Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greco-Macedonian, Roman, and then the future empire of the Antichrist. That's what we see. And that's the statue, and the line. that's the same thing. Head, then going all the way down. That's the ten kings, the ten horns, and then that's the kingdom coming. So I, I know that sometimes you say, gosh, this is going so fast. How do I put this together? We're going to keep talking about it. But if you really or not getting it exactly, come see me. I'll make sure you've got it. Now, something you have to understand, and we brought this up last week, is you have to understand that in the Bible, the nation of Israel has had contact with seven Gentile world powers. Now, there have been more than that many world powers, but for the nation of Israel, there have been seven. The reason you need to know that is I'm going to show it to you in a minute because it makes a difference in the book of Daniel. But the seven Gentile world empires, we saw this last week as well. The first one was Egypt, and that dealt with, of course, Moses and all of that. And then the Assyrian Empire when the Jewish people were taken off into captivity. And then the Babylonian Empire when they were taken off with Daniel. Medo-Persian Empire, Daniel still was in that one. After that came the Greco-Macedonians, the Roman Empire, and then the one called the Revised Roman Empire, which which is the Ten Kings and the Antichrist. All of these have happened except this one. That's the future one. That's the one that'll be the tribulation and the Ten Kings. When John writes his book, the book of Revelation, he's living at this time period, and he sees that these have already come, this one's going on, and there's one to come. We'll talk more about that later. I just want you to see how it fits. Now, I know there's a lot of information that we're giving you. I just want you to see this. Hold your place in Daniel chapter 7 and turn to the very end of your Bible to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 13. I want you to turn there, and I want you to see how these Gentile world empires fit in for you to understand 
Daniel 7, you've got to understand this. And so while you're turning there, I'm going to put up here Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, okay? Revelation 13, verses 1 and 2. I want you to stay there because we're going to be in Revelation just for a second to make this work together. Revelation 13, I hope you're all there. Verse 1 basically says this, And he stood on the sand of the seashore, and I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. Here, this is that ten king federation. Notice, having ten horns, seven heads. The seven heads represent the seven Gentile world kingdoms. The ten horn is this final one. And on his horns were ten crowns. On his head were these blasphemous names. This is that final thing. The seven heads refer to the seven Gentile world empires. Remember what they are? There's Egypt and Assyria and Babylonian, Medial Persian, Greco-Macedonian, Roman, and we call it Revised Roman. The ten horns are representing a ten-king federation. So I want you to understand something. Sometime in the future, there will be a federation form in that other part of the world, in the European part of the world, in the eastern part of the world. There will be a ten-king federation. Out of that ten-king federation, the Antichrist is going to come, the beast, and he's going to rule the world during the tribulation. Now, I want you to see something in the book of Revelation. Uh, turn, turn to chapter 17. Just flip over there. Daniel, excuse me, uh, John sees in Revelation chapter 17, look at verse 7. And angel said to him, he said, why are you wondering? Because he saw this thing. And he said, I'll tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and ten horns. Now, the seven heads, what is it going to be? Go down to verse 9. Now, these are the verses that we're putting up. Verse 9 says, here's the mind. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. They are the seven kingdoms, okay, the seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet Come, five have fallen, one is, and one is yet to come. That's what he told John. Now remember, five have fallen, one, two, three, four, five. One is, that's when John lived, he lived in the Roman Empire, and one is yet to come. That's what God told John in the book of Revelation. He didn't tell Daniel all of this information. I just want you to see how it fits together. Notice Verse 12, the ten horns which you saw are the ten kings who have not yet received the kingdom. That's the future. So go back to Daniel chapter 7. Go back to Daniel chapter 7. I hope you're understanding. I know it's going fast and hard, but there's a lot of good things here. So let me show you something. Daniel has a dream. We saw it last week, and this, these, the sea was moving up and down, and this animal came up, and it was a lion, and then came up after it a bear, and then came up to this leopard with all these heads, and, said, and then this animal came up that he couldn't even describe. He just called it a monster, and it had ten horns and everything. And what Daniel sees is the Babylonian Empire, and the Medio Persian Empire, and the Greco Macedonian Empire, and the Roman Empire, and then those ten horns is that future empire and he sees all of that in his dream and the angel comes over and explains it to him i want you to look back at daniel chapter 7 look at verse 4 the first he's seeing the animals coming out look what it says the first was like a lion and had wings of an eagle and i kept looking at his wings were plucked and was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on his two feet like a man a human mind was given to it 
That's the line that came up out of the sea. And then the second one, he says, and another beast, the second one came up resembling a bear, and it was raised up on one side, and three ribs were in its mouth and between its teeth, and it said, arise and devour much. So the line is Babylon, and here's Medo-Persians. There they are. And those three ribs represent to the three big nations that they conquered when they became the rulers. And then look at verse 6. And I saw looking, and there was one like a leopard, and it came up on its back, had four wings like a bird, and the beast also had four heads. And what we see there is that's the Greco-Macedonian Empire and that's uh, Alexander the Great and the four, uh, the wings represent how fast it could move but then when Alexander the, di- Alexander the Great died, his kingdom was divided to four generals, that's the four heads and so that represents the, the uh, uh, Greco-Macedonian Empire and then look at verse 7 after this I kept looking in the night visions and behold, there was this fourth beast. He didn't even describe it. He says it's dreadful and powerful and has these iron teeth and it devoured and crushed down and, and, and with its feet and it had ten horns. Now he sees this beast that's coming. And this is how we drew it. When, when we say drew, drew it, I found this, of course. Uh, people, this is how most people try to draw this beast because they don't know what it looks like. It, we know it's got ten horns. We know it's got these be, uh, big iron-type teeth. It's got these claws. And so they just drew it this way to just try to figure out what this thing looked like because Daniel didn't say it looked like a bear or it looked like a... He didn't say any of that. He just said it was a monster. And if you notice, it has the ten horns. Now this represents the fourth empire, which is Rome, and then the ten horns are going to be that empire to come later. And so this is what he sees. And it's, uh, it's uh, an amazing thing. And, and by the way, let me remind you of this. That after the Roman Empire, the church is here, and nobody knew about that. And so the ten toes, the ten horns, all of that is the future. It's still to come. Notice verse 8. Daniel is seeing the dream, and he says, While I was contemplating the horns, behold, these ten horns, another horn, a little horn, came up among them. And three of the first horns were pulled out by the roots before it, and behold, the horn possessed eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth uttering great boasts. This is called the little horn. Now, who is this? There are ten horns, which represent ten kings. And out of this, one's going to come to power, and it says that he's going to crush three of them. He's going to tear three of them out. We don't understand what that means, except maybe as he becomes the rule, the, the ruler, he has to do away with three other kings of the earth, but he's going to become the ruler. And notice what it says. It says he has eyes like the eyes of a man. Now, he sees a horn, but it looks like a, has person eyes and a mouth uttering great boast. This is what we would call the Antichrist, or the man who rides up out of the sea. And he defeats kings, and he comes to power, and he rules the world. But so that we don't get worried, God says, Daniel, let me show you what's going to happen. I kept looking until thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. The Ancient of Days is God the Father. His vesture was white, was like white snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. He's pure. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were burning fire. It's judgment. Fire was coming out, a river of fire, and coming from him, uh, before him, there were thousands upon thousands and myriads upon myriads, and they were all standing around him. What they're doing is they're praising him, and the court said, and the books were open. God is about to judge and look and who is he going to judge who do you think he's going to judge the little horn to watch and i kept looking because of the sounds of the boastful words which the horn was speaking i kept looking until the beast was slain and his body was destroyed and given to the burning fire the little horn is cast into the lake of fire and then for the rest of the beast their dominion was taken away with extension of life granted them for a point of period of time in other words they had this time with them but that it's all a judgment coming and then look what happens the most amazing thing 
And by the way, I've got to show you something. This boastful one, you have to see this. This boast, What happened to this Antichrist, to this little horn? In Revelation chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, it says he rules for 42 months. Now, let me have to understand something. 42 months is three and a half years. How long is the tribulation? Anybody remember? Seven years. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation and also in Daniel chapter 9, we haven't got to it yet, when the Antichrist comes to power, halfway through the seven years, he goes into Jerusalem to the temple that has been rebuilt, puts his idol in the temple, and claims to be God. And so he rules at this way for 42 months, which is three and a half years. I'm going to give you much more details on that next time. In Revelation 19, verse 20, God takes him and throws him into the lake of fire. And so I want you to understand that when Jesus Christ, that halfway through the tribulation, he claims to be God, sets up an idol, and for 42 months, which is three and a half years, he rules on the earth, kills all kind of people, does everything you can name. We'll talk more about it next week. And then Jesus Christ comes and casts him into the lake of fire. That's why verses 13 and 14, I saw one, I kept looking at the vision, and behold, the one like the Son of Man was coming, and he came up to the ancient of days, he was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all the peoples and nations of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. That's the Son of Man coming to take the kingdom. Revelation 19, 11, I saw the heavens open and behold a white horse. He, Jesus Christ, who sat on it, is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and wages war. He comes as the king to rule the world and he gets rid of the Antichrist. He gets rid of that kingdom. So it's coming. It's going to be great. So what have we seen? Let me just remind you. So Daniel had this dream, and these four beasts came up, and the four beasts were Babylon and Medo-Persian and Greco-Macedonian and Rome, and the ten horns were actually a future kingdom, and out of those ten kings comes one king who rules, and he speaks boastful names, and we find out that he sets up a kingdom, and he claims to be God, and he, for three and a half years, he kills all kind of people. We're going to see it next week, that he tells people that you, you have to have the mark of the beast. It's actually 666. It could be on your hand. It could be on your forehead. You have to have this mark if you're going to buy or sell in that final 42 months. All of these things are happening. And then Jesus Christ comes as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and takes the throne. Now, Daniel sees all this. And he's just like us. If you were there, you'd go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I need more information, right? Then what'd you say? So look what happened. Look at verse 15. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was distressed within me and the visions of my mind kept alarming me. He said, this bothered me. And I approached one of those who were standing by and began asking him the exact meaning of this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. He went up to someone in the dream, it was an angel, and said, could you give me more information about what all is going on here? And so the angel told him, verse 17, these great beasts, which are four in number, are four kings who will rise from the earth. If you remember those four kingdoms, four kings, four beasts, Four empires, there they are, the lion, Babylon, the bear, Medo-Persian, the, the, the leopard, Greco-Macedonian, and then that's the Roman Empire. They're coming. There's one look like a lion, one look like a bear, one like a leopard, one was exceeding boastful, and then notice it had ten horns, and the little horn which plucked the three horns. And so these beasts are coming, there they are. And this angel is saying, these are the four kingdoms to come. Now, nobody told Daniel 
there was going to be that ten horns is going to be a separate kingdom for the future. He just didn't know that. And he says that these four beasts are four in number, four kings. And this, but, but here's the, the great thing. The saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, all ages to come. When it's all over, the believers get to live in the kingdom with Jesus Christ. So Daniel wanted to know more. So look at verse 19. Then I desired to know the exact meaning of this fourth beast, which was different from all the others, and was exceedingly dreadful, and it had teeth of iron and claws of bronze, which, which devoured and crushed and trampled down everything. He said, I want to know this fourth beast, which is the Roman Empire, and then this thing in the future, this revised Roman Empire, because look at verse 20, and, and the meaning of the ten horns that were on its head. And the other horn which came up before them of, of three of them which fell, and namely the horn which had eyes and a mouth uttering great boast, which was larger in appearance than all the other ones. And so he, Daniel said these ten horns, they were a whole different time period. And he saw those. And he said, what is this? This horn is the Antichrist is going to come to power. This is the way people draw it because he said it was looked like a horn, but it had a man's face and, and eyes and speaking boastful things. And so when you read verse 21, look what it says. It says, he speaks boastful things. And I kept looking at the horn and he was waging war with the saints and overpowering them. In Revelation uh, that Daniel, that's waging war. In Revelation 13 verses 6 and 7, I won't take the time to go there just because of time. But it says that the Antichrist takes his power and begins to kill believers, and they're running for their lives. Now, these are people who have trusted Christ after the rapture, after we're gone. There will be many people believing Jesus Christ during this tribulation time period. We'll talk more about it next week. But look what happened. He says, I kept looking. The horn was waging war with the saints and overcoming them. That's verse 21. Until, until the Ancient of Days came. And judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one. And the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Ancient of days come. We, we come to the kingdom with Jesus Christ. So what have we seen? Daniel had this dream. Four beasts coming up out. The four beasts of the four empires. But then there's the ten horns, which he didn't know. But that's another empire, which is even in the future. And this one comes up out of there called the little horn, which becomes what we call the Antichrist. And he takes power. And for 42 months, he claims he's God. And he kills and he maims and he wages war with the saints. And at the end, the Father comes and the Son, Jesus Christ. And he sets up a kingdom and casts the, the beast away. And we will rule with Jesus Christ for a thousand years on this earth and then for all eternity. Now, let me give you something. Let's do this. Let's remember that God rules the world. He does. He raises up and sits down kings as we study this. That song that uh, she just sang, uh, Sky just sang, was God. He's the king of the world. He does. He rules everything. Have confidence that even when things look bad, even when somebody's going to send a rocket our way, who knows? Have confidence that God is working all things. And one day, even this little horn, this antichrist, this beast that comes up out of the sea, this, this man of sin, one day, even when he does his thing on the earth, it'll be all over for him. Second, let's begin to understand end-time events. I want you to understand.
understand the flow. I would like for you to be able to tell somebody, if they said, how does all this fit together, that you'd be able to give them just a briefness of it, that you'd be able to say, look here, there's, there's the church. There's the, 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 you know, this is where Jesus died and rose again. This is the church age. This is when the rapture is going to come. This is the seven-year tribulation. This is when the Antichrist comes. This is when he puts his idol up in the temple. This is when all that bad stuff's going to happen. This is when we're gone. This is when Jesus comes back. This is when he sets up the kingdom. The ancient of Dave gives it to the Son of Man and will rule in righteousness with Jesus Christ. I would love for you to be able to understand that. Outside on the table as you go out the door, we have a little card that has this on it. And on the flip side, it gives you what all these things are. So if you need that, just pick it up as you go out the door. It's right, but if you go by Brian's table where, where he usually stands, that's on that table right there. So you can get those and begin to put together how the end times fit together. See, the whole purpose that God taught end times is for our encouragement so that we know. By the way, let's just say it. We win. We win. You know, Jesus Christ rules in righteousness and justice. And you should shout. You should say, this is the greatest thing because this is a fallen world. We're dead in sin. There is evil. And Jesus Christ has come and dealt with the sin, given to us eternal life. And even when the worst time that's ever come is going to come, Jesus Christ still has the victory. And we rule in righteousness and justice with him for all eternity. We should be standing up shouting and cheering and clapping because what we have. Wow. Let us know that to be in the eternal kingdom and to have eternal life comes by faith in Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through him. Jesus Christ is the only Savior. If you want to be with Jesus Christ, because the rapture could happen any second, and you don't want to be left behind during that tribulation time period. You could become a believer after the rapture, but you don't want to go through all that. So if you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, right where you're sitting, Right now, you can believe that he indeed is the one who died for you and rose again, that he offers the gift of eternal life, and it comes simply by faith. It is not by your works. It is not by your goodness. It is simply faith alone in Christ alone for eternal life. Trust in him. Say, Lord, I believe Jesus Christ will give me eternal life. I believe he's my Savior, and I'm trusting him and him alone to give me eternal life. May we rest in our sovereign God understanding the flow of end-time events as we await the eternal kingdom with our Savior Jesus.